Ah, the sound of the Trooping the Color Military Parade today in London is four days of celebrations honoring Queen Elizabeth's 70 years on the throne got underway, the Platinum Jubilee. I was there for the Diamond Jubilee. It is quite the event. You can't get around. That's the only problem. It's hard, really hard to get around London uh, during these Jubilee uh, celebrations, but they are great. A sea of Union Jacks, of red, white, and blue. And uh, there is a real affection, obviously, for the Queen. The 96-year-old is, of course, Britain's longest reigning monarch, the first to serve for seven decades. She has had 14, count them, 14 prime ministers have served, including the latest one, um, uh, since she uh, since she ascended the throne. Uh, she appeared today on the balcony at Buckingham Palace with close family members. There were big cheers for that. Tens of thousands of people there in London to celebrate uh, the occasion. Uh, spectator Chris Webster says the atmosphere in central London for the kickoff was uh, certainly enjoyable. The Platinum Jubilee is like going the telly said once in a lifetime. So yeah, really good. Really enjoyed it and great to see so many people having fun as well. Uh, during the four-day holiday weekend, there will be neighborhood organizations uh, who will be holding street parties right across the country. Remember that from last time as well. Stuff going on here as well if you want to look up what's happening in your neighborhood. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, the Queen has had 14 prime ministers during her reign. The latest one, Boris Johnson, has made a bit of a strange, but not strange, but a bit of an opportunistic announcement, or at least there are rumors that he's going to do this as a nod to the Platinum Jubilee. And that is to reintroduce imperial measurements in the country. Uh, really, the country has been pretty much fully metric for a long time now. They're no longer part of the European Union, uh, thanks to Brexit. So uh, in a nod to the past, uh, the prime minister is perhaps suggesting, is rumored, that he'll bring back some imperial measurements, make it a bit of a hybrid system, kind of like we have here in Canada. Uh, so, you know, that, that's had people talking. We've asked you about it uh, over the course of the show to find out what you thought. Uh, Lyle and Kamloops says, I can't stand the metric system, imperial all the way. I grew up with imperial measurements. I still say miles, yards, feet, and inches, but that's me. I always remember in the 70s trying to explain Celsius to my grandmother, who, uh, of course, grew up in London, Ontario. She was, uh, you know, spent her summers uh, in uh, on Lake Erie with lots of Americans around, could never understood what 24 Celsius meant in Fahrenheit. Just didn't make sense. Temperature was Fahrenheit for her. It certainly was never Celsius and never was. Um, but that's that's the suggestion. And there are those out there who say it's time that Canada just embraced metric because it is a much simpler system overall. And just about the rest of the world, everyone else uses it, except of course, uh, for the Americans and now perhaps more so the Brits. Um, we are officially obviously a metric country. Well, to take a measure of this all, I'm joined by Werner Antweiler. He's an economist at the Souter School of Business at the University of British Columbia. Thanks for your time, uh, Professor Antweiler. Hello, Ben. It's a pleasure of being on your program. Well, you know, this is not a new conversation, but the UK have uh, put this back in the news. So this idea of sort of combining both metric and imperial in Britain again, uh, penny wise or pound foolish, do you think? Yeah, I, I would say this is a pretty foolish move because uh, we have been moving towards global standards for a good reason. Uh, global standards are good for international commerce. If everybody uses the same measures, it reduces errors, it, uh, it facilitates commerce, it uh, makes life a lot easier in particular because uh, the metric system is also a decimal system. So we're using units of 10. We go from a millimeter to a centimeter to a meter to a kilometer and so on. 
Um, if you're using other types of measures, uh, then the conversions get a lot more difficult and then usually not decimal in the imperial system. So it adds a whole layer of complexity that we were trying to get away from over the last decades by adopting international standards. I know you're not a psychiatrist or a psychologist, but why is it, do you think, that countries hold on to these old measurements as some form of national, a sign of national identity? Well, in part, it's always uh, about identity. It's like binding people together by something that's a shared experience. And if you're using as a shared experience, a common unit of measurement, then that can help bind together. Uh, so that's what I would think is a psychological background. That said, it's also a generational thing. Uh, for example, uh, if we are starting to teach our kids metric and they, they are embracing metrics, then uh, we can actually see that a shift uh, towards uh, a new system uh, can be had uh, quite easily if you give it enough time for adjustment. Um, I know it's harder for some people to switch from one system to another, because if you have grown up with an imperial system and you measure temperature in Fahrenheit, well, switching to Celsius, that didn't come easy for a lot of people, but you get used to it over time. So it, it really needs some patience. Uh, uh, but ultimately, if you're all using the same system internationally, uh, there's a really great benefit in this. In the science community, we're already doing this uh, overwhelmingly, uh, but also in commerce. I know my poor grandmother back in the day when we switched from uh, from imperial to metric in this country, I don't think she ever figured out what Celsius meant. It, it just didn't make any sense to her. You know, it, it just didn't work. Um, and that being said, Canada is, I, I imagine, a bit of an anomaly worldwide when it comes to our bilingualism, so to speak, when it comes to imperial and metric measurements. Yes, indeed. And of course, it's all driven by the fact that our big neighbor to the south of the border is still using an imperial system and measures things in miles and feet and uh, and pounds. And uh, so we kind of stuck with that because we do commerce uh, with the United States and uh, commerce that's very tightly integrated across the border. So essentially, we are at the mercy of whatever system that choose in the United States. We better follow and uh, make our system compatible. And that is exactly what ha has happened. The United States officially also adopted the metric system, but then essentially allowed the imperial system to kind of exist parallel. And of course, nobody actually had an incentive to change. And so uh, while some... Uh, entities in the United States, like NASA, has uh, gone completely metric. Uh, the uh, the business world has not, and uh, so we're still stuck with uh, uh, all these uh, imperial measurements. And uh, so when we produce goods and services, they kind of have to conform. Um, and that means uh, sometimes we just see different labels here in Canada. So on a on a, a can of pop, we see it says 333 milliliters or rather than the equivalent amount in, in, in fluid ounces. So uh, we can produce a very same can uh, in the north and the south of the border, uh, but we just put different labels on it. And then uh, we can have it both ways. Uh, we satisfy the demand in the United States, but at the same time, we can be metric as well. Coming from from Europe, coming from Germany, did you? How did you manage to figure out this bilingualism that we use? Because as you well know, we talk about you know mile uh, kilometers and liters of, of of stuff, liters of gas, kilometers driven, kilometers an hour. But if you ask someone their height and weight, chances are they're going to tell you it in in you know feet and inches and pounds. Yes, how do you navigate? How, how did you navigate that? It, it took me a while to get used to that because I had to learn Fahrenheit. I had to use, uh, had to uh, learn pounds and what that means. In fact, and, and a pound uh, where I come from is actually half a kilogram. And it's not the same as a pound over here. So even the same word, a pound, is something actually that means something different depending on where you are. The same actually goes for a mile. A mile in uh, the UK and a mile in the United States is actually not the same either. So uh, you got to be very careful when you have systems of measurements that uh, actually use the same terms but actually mean different things and uh that is uh, again 
the benefit of international standards. When we have a common standard, it makes things a lot easier everywhere. And of course, there is a transition cost for everyone to learn a new system. But once we're on that new system, it works. Uh, it, it really uh, facilitates uh, trade and commerce and, of course, uh, science as well. And I mentioned the biggest benefit is uh, uh, coming from the metric systems uh, decimal uh, system. And uh, that means that uh, uh, you can convert from uh, s- smaller units to larger units in a very easy and transparent fashion. Yeah, it's just it's just more a more logical system. And anyone who's ever ordered a pint of beer in Britain or in the U.S. will know there's a difference there too. Gallons yes. are different in the different markets. Um, all that being said, I guess instead of following, instead of embracing what Britain may be about to do with this switch, I suppose in Canada we should really be looking at at uh, at in for a mile at being in for a mile, so to speak, when it comes to the metric system. Yeah, I'm actually. Uh, leaning strongly towards having another push uh, towards metrication because there are many instances where we still see uh, measures being used like fluid ounces uh, for for coffees or uh, these kinds of things where uh, we could really make uh, a further push towards metrication. Uh, On the trade side, now when we produce lumber, it's still going to be a two by four because that's what we're selling to the United States. Uh, So some industries are going to be harder to change than others, but especially on the service side, which is uh, services offered in Canada to Canadians, uh, we should be embracing the metric system uh, more often and, uh, and more rigorously. As someone who's been watching this, uh, watching Canadians and their and their measurement bilingualism for a while now, I, I guess in some ways it really has become part of the Canadian identity to sort of function in both. It, it might be hard to convince people to change. Yeah, it always is a generational thing. Uh, it's not impossible to change. It, it takes time to learn a new system and feel comfortable in a new system. At the same time, there are benefits to, to using a system that is used everywhere else in the world. So when you travel anywhere, you will notice actually the benefit of that, that it's uh, the same standard no matter which country you visit. Except, well, here we are the outliers in North America. We are clinging to an outdated system that uh, is no longer practical and in science we're not using it. Uh, and uh, so it's uh, it only takes a little bit of a push to get us uh, to go a whole lot further with the metric system. Also in the record keeping, where we still use uh, measurements uh, in official records. Now we should again uh, embrace uh, the metric system uh, more rigorously and, and uh, do away with uh, the, the older measures. Uh, it is something that um, is uh, is always beneficial uh, when we uh, adopt uh, uh, international standards. So not only when it comes to the metric system, uh, for example, for international bank account numbers uh, or, or other things where uh, there are these standards that will help us um, uh, achieve better services and easier uh, services. And uh, that is something that should be embraced. Uh, and wherever we find a ways to coordinate and cooperate around the world, uh, we should embrace these opportunities. I always got the impression in this country that there was a certain um, anti-Europeanism to opposition to the metric system. It's sort of a bit of a, I mean, you could just feel that if this debate were to come back up, that it would wander into some, you know, some culture war territory again this time around. Um, do you think that's a fair assessment of, of, of how this has evolved over the years from, from the mid-70s to now, this measurement bilingualism we have in this country? Sort of, it became a compromise? I think it's also a little bit of the, uh, the, the, the tension between the Francophone and Anglophone communities in Canada. Uh, of course, in Quebec, uh, there is a much stronger uh, leaning towards uh, what happens in Europe uh, in terms of standards and uh, culture. And so the metric system was embraced more readily uh, than in other parts of the country. So there are significant regional differences. In, in some cases, people feel a closer affinity to the United States and uh, what's happening south of the border. 
but that said, um, there's uh, something to be said about having uh, a Canadian uh, culture that has its uh, uniqueness, and in this case, maybe uh, a stronger link to what's happening in the rest of the world, uh, not just Europe, but literally uh, virtually all other countries except uh, the United States and Canada. Yeah, certainly when it comes to trade, international trade, as it becomes more and more global, as more and more countries come into it, you would think that a standardized system would make a whole lot of sense, uh, you know, for, for a country like Canada, which is essentially a trading nation. Absolutely. We are a small open economy. We rely on international trade. Unfortunately, most of that is with the United States in the sense of uh, uh, hooking us to that standard. Uh, but when we are trading with other nations, we have to, of course, meet their standards. So we're always in this world for our businesses of having to deal with dual standards. Uh, for our trade with the United States, uh, we are stuck to the imperial system. Uh, for trading with all other countries, uh, we are relying on uh, the metric system. And that's a cost to businesses. Uh, if you could do away with that cost and could standardize, uh, that would make life easier for uh, a lot of different types of businesses in Canada, but we're not there yet because uh, uh, the United States isn't moving. And unless they move, uh, very likely uh, our industry won't have a strong incentive to move either. They have to comply with their standard. So, Verda, when it comes to this bilingualism, are, what, what are the ones that you still have to calculate in your head? I know I still have to calculate uh, meters and kilos, kilograms, especially when it comes to weight back into pounds, or I don't really understand what it's saying. Yeah, uh, like for somebody growing up in Europe, of course, weight was the, uh, the the biggest challenge because I just don't think in pounds. So when I step on the scale and measure my weight, it's got to be better in kilograms for me to be uh, understanding what I'm looking at. Uh, and, and I just don't have a good feeling for, for, for pounds. That said, Fahrenheit, I find very easy. And uh, so uh, so when my friends from the United States talk about the temperatures, now I have an intuitive sense of what Fahrenheit is. So some learning happens quite easily when you get more exposure. Uh, but if uh, if you're not using it uh, routinely, uh, then it's more difficult. So I think we're stuck in this world where um, we become fluent in, in multiple measures simply because we have to. Thank you so much for your time tonight. I appreciate it. You're most welcome.